Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 186. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, today was a big whole sh- uh, shipping kerfuffle I told you about off air, but some success. I received some pants. I am. Um, I came into a couple a couple hundred dollars of money because uh, my collective bargaining agreement at my old job was signed, and so they, they paid out some monies. Uh, and I bought some pants because I was well overdue. Put them on, fit great, everything was perfect, exactly what I wanted. At dinner time, my wife's like, what is that on your pants? And I went, what do you mean? And panic struck because I know how I am, and oil always finds a way to land on me somehow. That's why I need pants, because I always have oil stains or something on my pants constantly i don't know what my problem is anyways i look and it's like behind the left leg just under the butt there's this big black stain i'm like what the heck is that there's snow everywhere i'm not rolling around in dirt yeah it's not i like it was dirt that's all it was i was rubbed it out with some water and some and some uh, soap just like panic going like i ruined these brand new pair of pants thankfully i did not crisis averted they're in the dryer right now that was my day. Yeah, thank God. A little heart attack right there with your uh, fresh pair of pants. Not good, my friend. You got to be a little more careful. No. There, my guy. <laughs> First pair of pants in like a while. And I almost ruined them day one. Oh, boy. What's going on with you? Uh, nothing much, man. It's uh, It's been a little bit busy with work. But uh, luckily, I-, I say this on the post-game shows every time. But uh, after a nice long day at work, there's nothing like coming home relaxing and watching a good hockey team, which is, uh, well, what we're going to be talking about today, Mitch. Hell yeah, they're a good hockey And I don't want to hear, sorry, hell yeah, they're a good hockey team, and I don't want to hear someone say the contrary. Exactly. So let's jump right in here on episode 186. Our first topic we want to get to on the the pre-pod article, I wrote legit or legit. And I did that purposely because there's only one right answer here. Uh, And it's that this team is legitimate and I don't want to hear like you said I don't want to hear the excuse of who have they played they're beating up on a bad team blah 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 all the list goes on and on and on uh Mitch this team is good and I'm having a lot of fun yeah they're a lot they're good they're ranked fourth in the NHL right now you can maybe even argue fifth because Florida has 36 points in 25 games a higher points percentage but Regardless, if you just look at the the stats sheet, the Islanders have 36 points from 26 games. That's the fourth or fifth best record in the NHL today. Only three, really, only three teams have a better record than the the Islanders right now. The Leafs, the Lightning, and the Hurricanes. That's it. That's the list. That's a pretty good list to be included with. Right, and, but there's all like there's so much more. Like, of course, we hear them like, "Well, they played Buffalo so many times." Who cares? Who cares? Tampa Bay has to play Detroit. 
Does Toronto gets to play Ottawa? I, I was gonna say I I don't know. I'm not really good with geography, but I'm pretty sure that Ottawa is in Canada, and there's a completely uh, Canadian division, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are also in Canada. So from my assumption. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs get to play the Ottawa Senators, who are really bad at hockey, uh, eight times this year. Uh, am, I, am I wrong at that assessment, or is that a correct take? That is wildly accurate. Okay. So at the end of the day, it's all going to add up here, and you have to play the schedule that's in front of you. And realistically, the only team the Islanders have really struggled against this year is the Penguins and a little bit the Flyers. Yeah, like right. So you go through the month of February, five, two, and two. When you don't, sorry, not five, two, and two. If uh, my God, they they go eight, two, and two through the month of February, and the two, two, and two out of all that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Everyone else they beat. They beat everyone aside from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, obviously the uh, Pittsburghs, uh, we we know what they are. They they've been the similar version of themselves for the last 10 plus years at this Since point. Since they drafted Sidney right. Crosby. They're a good team, so I get it. I don't expect them to lose every single game against Pittsburgh, but if, let's just take the eight games. How many times have they played them this year? Is it just four? Are they 0-2-2 against them in the four times they played? Or is it more than that? Uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins? Yeah. They're 2-2-2 against the Penguins just in the month of February. They're 2-2-2, so they played them six times. I'm quite certain. Yeah, they played them six times in the month of February. I, now I'm doubting myself on air, and that's never any fun. But let me just bring this up here through NHL.com. So we're getting stats for the New York Islanders in the 2021 against all opponents. We're doing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's just do this live here. Uh, they are, yeah, 2-2-2 two, two, okay. two against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the point here is let's just say they – let's pretend they split. They go 3-3-2 three, three, and two against Pittsburgh. Are you upset about that? The point is, no, no it, it's these are two r- good teams. And if you're splitting against them, like that, that's when you make up the ground against the Devils and the Sabres of the world. The Islanders are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, is the point I think we want to make in this segment. That's exactly the point we want to make. And, and they're, they're winning. Yes, they beat the Buffalo Sabres and they beat up on them pretty good over the last couple of days. But like you, like you said, you got to win the games ahead of you, right? You play the game to win. Or you win the damn game, whatever the hell it you is that Michael to, Will Bond said. You play to win the game, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, there you go. Sorry, Will Bond always says it, so I just get it on him. But like, they, and, they're, and they're doing that, right? They, they, they have 16 wins on the season. That's great. They have the 36 points on the year. That's what you're supposed to be doing, is winning the games ahead of you. Who cares who the opponents are? If, if they're not great, awesome. Because for a while, the Islanders uh, had this kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? This, ah, uh, God. I, I can't think of the actual word, but, like, they go, they would play down to the opposition yes. constantly. Right? Like, you'd face a bad team, and they would be like, whatever, it's X team. We don't care about them. And then they'd lose, like, 4-1. And you're like, what the hell is going on here? They can beat the top teams, but they can't beat the bottom teams. Right. What's the deal? No, absolutely. And it's definitely something that uh, used to be a problem, but... Against the Sabers in in that three game set, they outscored them fifteen to six. So um, they they did what they were supposed to do, and that's the thing. Like you have to be able to do that. Number one, and like there's some outlying numbers or just some things that make it seem like it's different than even the last two years, where they are fourteenth in the league in goals for. They have they have a decent. Um, 
power play, over 20%. The penalty kill is good. They don't let in a ton of goals. They have five players over nine goals on the season. So they're getting scoring from all over the place. Like, this is a deep team, and they should be respected. I don't understand why you wouldn't respect them. Like even their Corsi, they're they're not great Corsi, but they're middle of the pack. They're 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 on the line of fifty percent. They're fifty point oh four percent at five on five Corsi four. That's not the Islanders. No. We haven't seen that in a while. So, but that's great. That means they're not only scoring goals, but they're controlling the play more often than not. And even then, when they were winning, everyone could be like, "Well, they're not a good Corsi team." Remember, yeah, yeah. Shark odds loser. Like, I'm going to under-handicap them because they're not a good Corsi team. They're not a great Corsi team, but they're middle of the pack, top part of middle of the pack in terms of Corsi. That's what you want to see from a a good team. They're doing the things that you would expect them to do, as in controlling the game. Uh, Same thing when it comes to expected goals for, I believe, I'm just trying to bring it up here, uh, where are the Islanders? They're sixth in the NHL in expected goals for percentage, that is. Not just expected goals for percentage so counting the expected goals against they're sixth with the 53.49 the best is the Montreal Canadiens at 55.74 okay like they're they're a damn good team and they're doing so not only in the obvious departments like wins and goals and power play but in the not so obvious ones when you look at expected goals for Corsi they're doing all the things they need to do to win but still Still, yes, they're getting attention in the national media, right? Like the NHL has them on. Everyone's like, you can't doubt the Islanders. But still, they get like, well, they beat up on the Buffalo Sabres, huh? Come on. Like, what? I know. It's it's frustrating. Because, like, nothing they can do satisfies. No. Because they are. They're a legit team. Like you said, they're either legit or legit because they are too legit to quit, Matt. Uh, so I don't know if you saw it, but I, I wrote something today cause I was struggling with, uh, my feelings in, uh, this new level of optimism. And it's not that I wasn't optimistic about the team the last two years. I thought that, you know, this, that they are a good team, but how they're playing right now is giving me a different feeling than when I watched the team the last two years during the regular season, maybe the playoff run, Last year might be kind of more where I'm at right now. The point being, I'm I'm nervous to be feeling the way that I am right now about this team, but I am very confident, confident, confident to the point where my hopes are further than where the Islanders went in the playoffs last year. I'm not gonna I'm I'm a superstitious guy, so I'm not gonna come out and say it. I don't want to be the one who <laughs> gets hit with the oh you jinxed them. But that is where I'm at right now. I'm struggling coming to grips with that in my mind. So I wanted to put that out on paper today and write about it and see if anyone else felt that way or why the younger generation who maybe didn't get to see those uh, four Stanley Cups in a row why they don't have that same mentality. Um, so maybe I'm setting myself to get hurt hurt again, but. Um, I, I'm willing to take that leap now is kind of where I came to in my mind. So are you getting to that point in by this season in a vacuum or are you getting to that point because of the season and the two previous to that? Like, is this a building towards where you are or is this just I'm looking at what's happening now and that's why I'm where I am? No, uh, building towards because I saw how good this team could be when they were scoring the 21st or 24th number of goals for in a season and if they're going to be in the top half of the league 
they could really do some damage with like a, a, again competent power play. This, what was their power play last year? Like fourteen percent, seventeen percent, something stupid it like was that. Seventeen point three last year, fourteen point five the year before that. Exactly, not good. So they're at twenty three and a half, I believe. Yes, I close that page. Uh, I believe that is accurate. That is twenty three and a half. So there you go. They have a top half of the league power play penalty kill goals for goals against. Um, the great goaltending, depth scoring. I I don't know what else you want. Well, and that, I'm glad you 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 answered the question the way you did, and so like it wasn't just this in a vacuum. It's the building on that because that's important, right? Like, exactly for the reasons you said. All the things that the Islanders were struggling with in the two years prior, they seem to have fixed this year, namely goal scoring and power play. Yeah, they're not a powerhouse goal scoring team. We just said they're middle of the pack. But they weren't middle of the pack in the years before that. No. You said like they're in the bottom half, 21st and 24th. I think that that's going from 18, 19, 19, 20 respectively, is it not? Yes. And then it, overall, 24th, I think, as well, over those two years. Now, in terms of goals for, like you said, they're 14th with 74. Uh, goals for per game, uh, do that, does that change much? I think that brings it down just a tad. They're 18th with 2.85. They're just at three goals for per game. When Barry Trotz teams score three goals, they typically win. And they're doing that on average, basically, right now. Right, exactly. And that's why they've been on this win streak. And that's why they've been on this point streak. But it's hard for me not to get that confidence. And the only reason why I was hesitant about it is just because of how many times we've been beaten down and stuff in the past. And if you put that aside and just look at the last three years, right? The Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo era, because that's really the only fair thing you could do to the people who are in charge. You can't look back at other eras. They've given you every reason to buy in. So I'm willing to make that leap and to say, I'm putting myself out there. I'm I'm willing to make that jump and say that I believe that they could do it. Um, And whatever happens, happens, I guess. But I, I, I truly feel that way. It's not hyperbole. It's that that's with the way this team is playing right now, I feel like they've taken their game to a complete, completely different level that we haven't seen from them. Well, j- just on that that notion of like, oh, you, you don't know how, how do I want to say this? They they've given you every reason to feel this way. When you look back, like how many times have the Islanders been like just just leading the division, like end the season, let's say, finish the division on top? When was the last time they finished first in their division? That was. 1987-88. So time. not even dynasty years, but like not far off. Right. Right. They, they've never finished first. Yeah, they finished second once uh, in 2001-2002. Uh, then they lost to the Maple Leafs in, in that opening round. But like the, the point that I'm trying to illustrate here, they did finish second two years ago in the Metro Division uh, and then got bounced by Carolina in the, first, in the second round. Uh, but the point I'm trying to illustrate here is outside of the Lou and Barry era, they haven't really been what you would call favorites. They've never been in a position of what, what like a p- position of power, right? Of saying like they should be doing something. There should be an expectation to reach a high level from this team. That hasn't happened. Even then, in two thousand one, two thousand two, that just kind of happened, right? Like they they didn't make the playoffs for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years before that. Yeah. So that came out of nowhere. Of course, they they did make quite a few acquisitions of some you know some veterans and in, in that season, but like. You, no one knew if it was going to work. This is, like you said, a culmination of a lot of things and them going like, okay, we know where we're at. We know what to fix. Boom, we fixed, fixed. We're at a point now where 
we fixed it all. And the eyes are firmly focused on that thing that you're you're saying, but don't want to say. Exactly, and like even the other times, you know, previously in the in the two thousands that they made the playoffs, like the expectation just never was there. Like they made the play in oh six oh seven, we knew that that wasn't that wasn't going anywhere. Uh, twenty twelve thirteen, yeah, they gave us a pretty good series against the the Penguins, but Penguins. let's be honest here, like that they weren't a Stanley Cup team. Uh, 2014-15 was maybe a little bit different because they started that year ridiculously hot and then kind of fell off. So that one was a little bit strange. Expectation was pretty high then. Um, and then I guess going to the second round in 15-16. But I just felt like that team couldn't get over the hump because of who was leading them, and rightfully so, behind the bench and calling the shots as general manager. But this is just... It's very much different. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were taking a shot at 91. And I was no. like, where's he going with this? No, no, and no. then I got it. I got it. Yeah, you were yeah. not taking a shot at that top. But like, anyways, I got yes, it. Yes, 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 Um, But it, a completely different feel. And that's why I am where I am right now. Yeah, no. So I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, they're in that top tier group of teams that should be competing for a specific prize that we won't name. Uh, I'm not going to say that they should win it. Um, but they're in a, a, a core of four teams that you should have up there. And of course, you know, the national media won't have them in there. They have them in a top six right now. Like they, they have to go the, the next, the rest of the season unbeaten for them to like crack the top four, I would imagine. Uh, but that, that does that shouldn't matter to us because they are where they are by merit and it feels great for them to be there. Absolutely. And anything else on the legitimacy of this team? Uh, no, we, we could break it down by player. And I think we'll, we'll start with, with one specifically, uh, and just kind of ended there with, with that one player today. Uh, but knowing that this is it is built to do what it is doing, uh, and it, it is great to see it happening because like there were so many naysayers for so long. Absolutely. And speaking of people who had naysayers, that's a perfect transition into this next topic because we want to pump some air into the tires of Anders Lee, who's been playing phenomenal this year before the goal-scoring barrage that he's ha- been on the last uh, few games here. Uh, even Barry Trotz came out and said like he has been their most consistent forward, one of their most consistent players on the team. And Anders Lee being back to being on that 35-plus goal pace after a 20-goal season last year is exactly what the Islanders need. And it's it, it's awesome. I love seeing Anders Lee playing at this level because he deserves it. He plays the game the right way. He plays hard. He's a good captain. Like He's easy to root for. So to see that success come along with it is awesome. I'm loving it. Specifically because he had that kind of uh, those detractors, right? Like the contract, it was a big contract, but like for the type of player he was, it made sense. Yes. Remember, his closest comparable was Jeff Skinner, and Jeff Skinner has one goal on the year and a $9 million price point for the next six seasons, regardless of how long it is, it's long. Um, but Anders Lee was came under that, right? Like $7 million. It's not where Lou wanted to go, and it's not as Lou lo- as, as long as Lou wanted to go. It's a little bit longer and, and heavier in the price point. But damn it, it's worth it when you look at the production he's scoring. Yes, last year wasn't, but last year was definitely, definitely an outlier for him. Uh, and that's the thing. Like I feel like so many people, and I've written about it a couple times on the site, but it, it's good to get it out in podcast form because I feel like we could talk through it easier. Um, but so many people looked at his numbers last year and said, oh, that's it. He's declined. That, that That's it. He's never going to be the player he once was. When there's so many outlier things in that season. One, his shooting percentage overall, not just 
five on five power play, all situations of that like 10%, which was like three, four percentage points off where he normally is, which is strange. And then when you look at the five on five, uh, um, excuse me, the power play, when he was at seven and change, his his next lowest was like 14% on the power play in his first year in the league in 13, 14. Like, how do we not look at that as a massive outlier? How do you go, oh, you know what? He's just going to score two power play goals for the rest of his career. Like, what? What do you mean? How does that make any sense, Mitch? It doesn't. You're absolutely right. For like, Good on you for remembering all those stats because you're absolutely right. 14.29% shooting percentage in 13-14 when he played 21 games. Yes. And that's like his second year in the league. Technically, the first year was 12-13 when he played two, two games. so that, yeah. that doesn't even really count. Uh, but still, like he's shooting at 27.27% this year, which is high. I, this is at the power play. Mm-hmm. That's high, sure, but like he's got two years there where he's shooting at 21%. So like it's going to come down for sure. And even if he shoots at 16%, that's not terrible. But to me, the big takeaway is that he's shooting. He's shooting on the power play. He had 28 shots on the pl- on the power play last year. He has 11 this year. 11. Yeah, that's geez. There's there's a big difference, and he's capitalizing on those shots that he's getting. Like he just didn't have any luck last year on the power play. Those deflections were just going right into the chest of the goalie. Where now he's getting in good spots, and those deflections are going home, which is what's supposed to happen. He's being a little bit more deceptive with his play in, in the front. Like, like you had that kind of ghosting goal on 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 the Sabers the other day when he ghosted Kyle Oposo, right? Goes mm-hmm. behind the net, comes back in the front, uh, and that's what he needs to do. Because it's all well and good that you get to the front of the net, but the longer you're there, the easier it is for a, defend, a defenseman to to spot you and and try to like you know hook your stick, get get something on your stick, move you out of the way, or try to at least mm-hmm. you know disrupt you. Uh, but if you don't give them the chance to adequately respond to your presence, you increase your uh, ability to convert that that pass into a goal exponentially. And that's what he's doing this year. He's still parking in front of the net because that's what he does. But he's being smarter about it. And you can see it's paying paying handsomely. Again, 27.27% on the power play. When it comes to five on five, it's even higher than that. What the hell did I just do? I pressed the wrong button here. Uh, sorry, bring it up here. 12.5% at five on five, which is low for him. That's low. Right. But he's still been productive because of that uptick on the power play, which you would imagine that they're going to begin to even out. But the the five on five go up and the power play come down a little bit. Yeah, like he's shooting a lot, a, a lot. He's got 64 shots on the season already. This is five on five, sorry. 64 shots at five on five in 26 games. That puts him on pace for 138 shots over the year. He had 150 last year. At five, This is again at five on five in 68 games. He had 130. His career high at five on five is 157 in 76 games back in 14-15. Right, which that was when he scored 25 goals as his quote-unquote rookie season. Yeah, he's on pace to hit 200 shots on goal at 5-on-5 only. See, and that's another thing. I'm glad you brought up the shots because a lot of people point to the power forwards declining at 30 years old, and I get that. But usually what happens too, the goals go down and the number of chances, as in the number of shots they're getting, goes like off a cliff. Anders Lee's shots are not going down. They are either right the same or going up. 
which to me, that doesn't scream decline. That screams, hey, this guy is still a productive player. Yeah, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There's going to yes. be a decline at some point. We all expect that. It would be stupid to say, like, he's going to be a 40-goal scorer for the rest of his contract. God, I hope he will. But, like, we have to be honest here. When a power forward hits the 30s, you're going, oh, there's going to be a decline some year, and it's going to be ugly when he hits it. Um, but at this point, he has not. It, it's not here yet. It probably won't be based on the way he's playing. I wouldn't expect it to happen next year either. Uh, but after that, that's when I'm going to start to worry. Although he hits 40 goals this year and he does what we said he might, they might do uh, in the first segment, it's worth it, man. Yes, it, it is. It is. Even if you have to live through the last three years of that contract, if you get a productive four, because that's what it, this is his what? This is his second year on the contract, I guess? Correct. Yes. Okay. So I. I do you buy another two good years from Anders Lee? I would. I'd buy another two. I'd buy another two. Yeah. And okay. then you're you're over half of the deal, and then like you you roll the dice on the last three. That's we all know that that was going to happen when it's not, it went to seven years. Like you, you, uh, the other half of the deal was going to be a roll of the dice. How it was going to work out. Right, but I don't think. Well, at least for me, I know that some people right away were like, "Oh my god, this is giving me Andrew Ladd vibes." That wasn't my case. Like, I didn't think the whole contract was going to be a complete disaster. But if it's rough the last two years, but they do what we talked about earlier, like, then it doesn't matter. Like, you have to retain your guys to a certain extent. And it's not that crazy when you look at what the market value was on a guy like Jeff Skinner, who got $9 million. Like, that, that's the thing that I could never wrap my head around either. Yeah, I wasn't all, a huge fan of the deal. Like that was a little bit more money and longer than I would have given for Anders Lee. But I understood the position that the Islanders were in. I, again, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of seven by seven for Anders Lee. I don't think it's gonna uh, be great in the later years. Uh, but but I, I was aware that you know for the first couple of years it's probably gonna be okay. Uh, and, and that's what we're seeing right now. It's not even okay. It's great if he can hit 38 goals or a pace of 38 this year. That's money well spent for. 38 goals. Not a lot of players can do that. Uh, so, like, so far, so good. Yes, it's going to be painful at some point. Um, but you're right. Like, when you look at the market out there, they underpaid, technically speaking. Yes. Um, so, absolutely, I've, I've been eating up the Anders Lee success. So, that and JG Pajo, the two of them just putting it right in the ha- in the face of the haters, and it's tremendous. Constantly, constantly. Like, Prasamonest is what he's saying every time he scores a goal. Spasestet trop boom. Boom, our liar note, boom. Just constantly popping in goals. God, John Gabriel Pacho. We just need, he needs a, a stable left wing. He yes. needs a stable left wing. He, we've got a stable righty. We need a stable lefty for him. I'm with you. That would take it to a completely different level. Sorry, stable and productive lefty. Uh, agree, yes. Yes, someone who's not going to be Leo Komarov. Yeah, like Leo's great when Brad Marchand is on the ice, but we've already played the Bruins four times. There's only four more games against them. Like, and even then, how effective is that really? Yeah, not very. Um, any anything else on uh, Anders Lee's play so far this year, or are we good? Uh, it's just good stuff again. Like to see the captain being being the like actually leading the team in production. Um, and it's not to say like he's so far ahead of everyone else. Like you mentioned at the start, like there's five guys with at least nine goals on the year now. That's great, and he's leading the charge of of, of the goal scoring 
Uh, it, it's good to see. Deserved captain, just great dude all around. Uh, good stuff, and long may it live. Absolutely. So let's get to down on the farm. Mitch, what do you got for us this week in the farm system? Uh, so Henrik Tikkanen is putting up incredible numbers over in, in Liga. Uh, he's got five games under his belt now, so it's not a whole lot, uh, but enough to be like, uh, there's something going on here. Uh, five games, he's, he's on loan to um, to Kalpa of the SM Liga from his Mestis side. Uh, and that league start, that, that league, that, um, oh my God, the loan, sorry, started because the Mestis League was out for a while. The COVID scare had them not play. Right. Um, they're finally back and playing, um, but he's still there with, he. and it seems like he's making the trip back and forth, kind of like Alexander Leumkrantz is doing with Stromsbro and Brynäs. Okay. Uh, but it seems that he's stuck there now for, not stuck there, but like he's That's with he Kalpa is. for a while now. Um, but like here are his numbers: five games played, averaging a one nine one goals against average and a nine two nine save percentage. Okay, live with that. It's pretty damn good. He's a backup right now. He's mm-hmm. a backup, but like he's a twenty year old goalie, um, and he like he plays well. He's big. He's if you don't know, he's six eight two zero one. There you go. Big kid. <laughs> big kid. I wouldn't be if, if this continues and he gets a few more games in. I'm going to talk to their GM. I've got his number. I, I plan on calling him in the next couple of days, uh, and then to, to speak to their coach to find out a little bit more about him. But but if this continues and he plays like this throughout the rest of the season for Kalpa, I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders bring him to North America to start. You know, seeing if there's something more to him than than just being good at the at the finish level. That would be exciting to get him over. Yeah, I, I'm not saying like he's going to start in Bridgeport or no, or anything. He no. might even end up in the ECHL, but I, I wouldn't be surprised again because not again, but they only have two goalies in their system, mm-hmm. right? Like they they have other guys like uh, Mutt and Appleby that they've signed to AHL contracts, um, but but the, these are guys that they have drafted, and it's only Skarik and and Hetikinen. So I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him in next year when the ECHL should be back up and running. I'm with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. So like that that's that's a good update. It's good to see a seventh round pick doing something. Um specifically with the Islanders not so good uh draft going on last year. Apparently I'm using air quotes there. Uh after that, uh William Dufour is out again with an injury. Uh last I heard they don't know what uh, how how serious of an injury it is. Um but he took a hit uh, on the knee and left the game. When I spoke to the team, they told me there was so much swelling around that they had to wait for it to go down before they could even look at it. So that's not good. Uh, and he's going to miss in times. It's no longer a bobo like it was last week. Yeah, what happened to it was just a boo-boo. Uh, he came back, and then he scored. <laughs> of course. Yep. Uh, but then immediately left, immediately took a hit on the knee, and he, he's out. Um, for how long, I don't know, but it, it doesn't look great so far. Okay. Yikes. Okay, speedy recovery for him, hopefully. Hopefully so. Um, and, and the last one, I think I brought it up last week with uh, Russell Nistikov, and I'm going to do it again. Um, the, ki- the kid is scoring again. Got another primary assist Ooh. in his last game. Took a huge hit to, to set it up. So he's down low along the boards behind the goal line. Guy comes right into him. Probably should have been a boarding call after the call after the, the, after the, the pass. After goal, but mm. like whatever. He makes a pass along the boards to the winger who does the dipsy doodle around the, um, the, some defenders and scores, but like he sacrificed his body to make the play. And you saw him after the goal, like he's wincing in pain and just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm celebrating. Oh, this is great. Oh God, I'm going to die. 
Um, but guy's got four points in four games. Uh, now has 38 over his last, sorry, not 438, 28 over his last 40 games or in his 40 games total in Finland. Um, just playing really, really well and turning it up for uh, for TPS. Good. Now, I did have a question about another Islanders prospect that I was uh, hoping to get your, more so your take on, not that you're going to have any info on it, but thoughts on Otto Koivula being a scratch today for Andrew Ladd? Um, yeah, well, he hasn't really been playing well for Bridgeport, he being Otto Koivula. Um, but it's interesting to see Ladd play, right? Like, all of a sudden, now Ladd's back, and you're going, okay, why hasn't he played a single... You got an NHL veteran with the Stanley Cup who's healthy, it seems, healthy enough to play, and you didn't play him once yet? Okay, whatever. It just seems weird. It, yeah, is Andrew Ladd's role to just play whenever Prospect X, insert name here, needs a jump or a jolt? a wake-up call of sorts? Like, is that it? And is he going to play, like, six games this year? He might. Uh, just enough not to... Um, yeah, not not enough to get... Uh, what is it? To, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, j- just enough to so we don't think, like, oh, he's going to be definitely... Um, uh, got to retire next year, right? Because of LTIR. And, um, yeah, no, apparently not. Uh, I'm just reading now some quotes here from the from Brent Thompson, who spoke to Michael Fornabio. He says, we wanted to make sure he... Uh, got a watch from up top, he being Koivula. It's a developmental piece where he's got to learn a few things and have the opportunity to come back in and hopefully correct it. Something to share in that? Uh, It's between him and I, says Brent Thompson. So, like, not happy with Otto Koivula, says Brent Thompson, basically. Uh, For for what? Uh, We we don't really know, but, like, something's going on there where he doesn't like what Otto Koivula is doing uh, and is trying to get something out of him uh, and is playing Andrew Ladd for it. I don't think he got it out of him because Andrew no. Ladd, I, what, what, from what I saw, I was kind of broken between a, a couple of things. I, I don't think Andrew Ladd played particularly well, nor did the rest of the Bridgeport team, to be fair. Is a is a Brent Seabrook option in his future? I hope so from an Islanders perspective, um, but I, I don't really, I don't know. He's playing, right? Like So that already doesn't look good from an LTIR perspective because you're going, he's healthy enough to play at some level. This can't be like, oh, he's he can't play at all. He's playing. Not well, but like, did anyone expect him to? No, that's true. So it's it's not going particularly well for Bridgeport all around, just not good stuff. Bodie Wild had a really rough play today that, that I shared on Twitter. Uh, the entire team isn't really playing well. Jakob Skarik is maybe the, the best player on that team, I would say. Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, so not not good things going on from Bridgeport. I saw a lot of course they lost a lot of people are saying Brent Thompson needs to go. And while I won't necessarily disagree with that, I, I don't think that Brent Thompson per se is the problem, but, but perhaps a, a shakeup is needed just cuz like he he's he's been there long enough. I, I think they just need a, a change of culture and I, I don't want to use that as he doesn't have he's not bringing about the the proper culture. I just think a change is needed, perhaps. A new voice. Maybe Johnny Boychuk yeah. could step behind the bench. Perhaps. If Johnny wants to get into coaching, uh, that that would be something. But, like, leave it to the Islanders to give an ex-player an important role in the organization, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be very on brand. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was just a little bit curious about what you thought about Koivula, so I figured I'd ask. Yeah, no, I- intriguing. I, I don't know what he's hoping to get out of Koivula, um, which... Uh, 
we'll see. But the same thing going on with Josh Rosang out in Sweden, who also was a healthy scratch uh, for Linköping. And that made people lose their minds for, for good reason. Um, but, you know, maybe not losing their minds in the right place. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for Linköping in his fifth game. He did not play well defensively in the first game. Like, he scored, which is great, but, mm. you know, he still has to play defense. And a lot of people are going to like, oh, I'm tired of hearing a host saying, sorry, like, he signed to a contract, so when something happens, you, we feel like you should, you will probably want to know. You don't want to know? Just move along. Plug your ears. Exactly. So that's the last one down on the farm that I've got. All right, let's get into the quiz, Mitch. As we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, to guess, based somehow on the uh, on the, the show episode that we are on. So, Matt, are you ready to guess the Mystery Islander? Yes. All right, so this is show 186, so it has something to do with that. Uh, you have five clues. They get progressively easier as they go along. Uh, clue number one. I was a fifth-round pick by Vancouver in 1992. Next. Two. I came to the Islanders in the Mathieu Biron trade with Tampa back in 2001. In 2001. Okay, next. I played for seven teams, and my last year for the Isles was my best with 44 points as a defenseman. Next. I repped the Islanders at the 2004 All-Star Game and tied Sheldon Surrey for the hardest shot. So that 2004 yeah. year was his, his big year where he had the 44 points. Kenny Johnson? Ooh, good guess, but incorrect. Uh, that era of defense, okay. Yeah. Oh, I am and I know. Okay, go ahead. Five. I'm not in AA, but those are my initials. Yeah, it's um oh my god. I just had you it. Got it. Around. Yeah. AA. Oh my god. Oh my god. No. My brain is doing it to me again. Adrian Adrian O'Coin. O'Coin. I knew I knew O'Coin. I couldn't think of the first name. I was AC was in my mind. I had O'Coin. It went out, and I was like, no, it's AC. I couldn't think of Adrian. There we go. O'Coin. I'm going to give you an honorary. You got it right. That was that was a piss poor effort for me there at the end. The brain just shut off, but I had, I really had O'Coin in my head. I couldn't think of the first name. That's what threw me. I, I hate those moments where you're like, uh, I know it. It's there. It's in the brain, but the tongue won't it, like it, my it mouth. Wouldn't comp- it wouldn't compute. <laughs> my brain really shut off for a second. That was that was bad. And we got that on on live podcast form. <laughs> That's the best part about this. For you, the listener, you get to hear, I was going to say see, but you get to hear both Mitch and I, like our, our fails just right there. A brain shut off. How many times we can't do math. We have brain farts like that. It just happens, man. Yeah, we could edit it out if we really wanted to, but we don't no. want to. Like you're you're getting pretty live, like as live as you can get from us right here on this. No, we're just two guys hanging out. We have our flaws, just like everyone else. So we are maybe more flawed than you, but we we just <laughs> perhaps getting it out there. So let's get into the social segment, Mitch. What do we got around the aisles Twitter? Um, first one here comes from Jason Cop. I'm um, just bringing up the tweet. 
Uh, it says uh, it's from Ellen DeGeneres, not from Ellen. Ellen tweets something out saying, um, "What's everyone watching right now?" It says that on March sixth, and Jason Cop replies, "Matthew Barzala going off." <laughs> Perfect. Yes, uh, I definitely watched that a few times. Not gonna lie. Just yeah, that was good. Oh, what a game by Matthew Barzala on that day, huh? Oh my word. <laughs> that goal is just perfect. Put that on my tombstone, please. <laughs> what uh, you got? My first one is tremendous news from ESPN, Mitch. They not only is hockey returning to ESPN, but the iconic theme song is coming back to I am just going to be reliving my childhood and I am very excited. Yeah, so I don't get as excited about it as a Canadian, obviously, as you guys do, um, just as we, we had TSN and stuff here. Um, but like, I still did watch ESPN because on Saturday, I, I, I picture it as Saturday uh, matinee games, right? Okay. I'm like at my Uncle Dennis's house and the Boston Bruins and Philadelphia Flyers are playing Saturday at two or whatever. That's what I, and it's on ESPN. That's what I remember. Um, so, uh, but I, I'm stoked. I'm, st- it's more money for the league, right? $400 million a year. Good stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, that, that to me, that theme is a top three sports theme for me hockey night in canada all day no every day it's not even close i don't even care who number two and three are it doesn't matter number one hockey night in canada don't even talk to me about anything else i think i gotta go um fox nfl and uh cbs nfl are one and two and then the espn hockey theme is three fair enough okay on that my, my second one is ESPN related, but this is from Will uh, Shikursi. Oh, God, Will, I'm sorry if I screwed up your name. I'm really sorry. Um, the most memorable Isles game that aired on an ESPN channel, and he says the Sean Bates game, right, That's where he right. scores the shootout. That's huge. Yes. Um, or not the shootout, the penalty shot. The penalty sorry, shot. Not the shootout. Yes, but I, I forgot. That was also obviously the playoff game. But yes, that was at ESPN. And that, that that to me, early 2000s, ESPN, to both synonymous in my eyes. And there's, there's other ones, right? Like some people answered, well, the David Vola game, wasn't that on ESPN, right? Where he scores that OT winner against the Penguins? I guess I guess it was, yeah. Right? Like mid-90s, right? That would have been 93, was it not? Yeah. So just... I'm glad it's getting back mainly for the American audience because that's that's your that's kind of like the, the nostalgia is, is is coming back for for y'all and I'm I'm super happy about it but like it it barely registered for me unfortunately. Gotcha. We, we, Outside we of the four hundred million dollars a year, <laughs> that's huge. Perfect. Uh my la- my last one for you, Mitch, is a yeah. uh, trivia question for you. You usually quiz me, so I'm going to quiz you. Do you know what happened 41 years ago today? 41 years ago today? So what is that, 1970? or I, I can't do math. This is not a math podcast. 1980. No. 1980 was 41 years ago? Yeah. Holy cow. I, I, that should have been automatic. I'm 36. I was born in 84. Anyways, no, clearly I have no idea. 41 years ago today, Isles general manager Bill Torrey acquired Butch Goring from the LA Kings. Yes. That was today, today? Today. 41 Oof. years ago. What a trade that was. My God. There you go. So, Butchie, welcome to the fam anniversary 41 years ago today. 
41 years young as an Islander, just what a trade that was, right? Like yeah. hints of Peugeot right there. Like it didn't have the same impact, but like you're getting a center, the, the one piece you're missing, you pay a lot to get him, but damn it, he makes an impact for sure. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that. Good comparison. Uh, my third and final one here comes from uh, Isles Girl, so Kim, um, who says, Walsh's nickname on the team is the Walligator. And that was revealed via some sleuthing on Instagram where um, so there's a, a picture uh, on Oliver Walsh's Insta where he uh, says when Mikey has his famous Italian dish, hashtag outstanding, and it's him like, ah, cheering. <laughs> and in the comments, you've got Dobson with the gator. So it's a pic- an emoji of, the, of an alligator. And then Dal Cole says walligator, alligator, alligator. And so a nickname is born. I am very much here for the walligator. I love it. We were talking about that on the Patreon the other day, so uh, shameless plug. Uh, you know, subscribe to the Patreon, uh, eyesonisles.com slash, or sorry, patreon.com slash eyesonisles. I always get to screw that one up. Uh, we were talking about that. What would be a good nickname for uh, Oliver Wallstrom? I thought after the fact of Eaton, or Eaton's, because uh, Butchie, when he talks about the toy department, he's picturing Eaton's, the department store. Because their their toy department is always on the top floor, mm-hmm. um, but this one is a thousand times better. Walligator, outstanding. Love it, absolutely. I'm here for it. What's yours? What's your last one? That was it. I had two. I had two. Perfect. So you ended it off. So I'll get our plugs in here. So before we go, please make sure to give a rating, review, subscribe wherever you listen to the show. It really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter account is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, or check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you a post game show for every single game, a mailbag show, which we're about to record right after this, where it's a QA segment, a live stream with Mitch, uh, predictions. There's a whole lot of fun stuff going on over on Patreon worth checking out for sure. Right, Mitch? Yeah, I've kind of scaled back the uh, the live stream uh, just because we've been doing it for a while and we haven't been able to get a cup. We went balls to the wall. We did everything we could to build a cup container and we still got bounced in the second round. So we're kind of done with it. But I, I've got another idea cooking to take its place. Just I, I've got to flush it out. Um, mm-hmm. But I've got an idea cooking instead of a live stream. Okay, so we... we have a, a moral of the story tons of content going on over there correct so that's gonna do it for us on this episode 186 thanks for hanging out i'm matt o'leary he's mitch anderson and we'll talk to you next time everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.